my jersey up too high in the rafters. I got a frog team, new knife and a tractor. Still sipping that moonshine and a plaster. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Moonlighters Club. I am your host, Joel Edwards. And uh, today uh, I learned that email signatures matter, which is a, a, a big reason why we got this interview in the first place. But I'd like to introduce everyone to, is, you prefer John or Jonathan? John's fine. John. John, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Joel. Yeah. So uh, I, Sinead, my wife and I went to eat at a restaurant. And it was, uh, was that Tyson's Corner technically or no? Vienna. Vienna. We went to this restaurant in Vienna and I remember looking for places to eat and uh, everything looked super chainy. Not John's restaurant. It was awesome. It was great. The food was amazing. I think I had, what was it called? It was a steelhead trout, mm-hmm. I think I had, which was delicious. John, could you give everybody the name of your uh, restaurant, where it's at? Just some background inf- uh, information on that? Yeah, so the restaurant is called Clarity. Uh, which uh, sort of applies to this interview, but, <laughs> but uh, most restaurants are, are are not named something so philosophical. But uh, clarity is what we're all looking for in life, uh, and I think I've, uh, I'm on the way to having it. Hopefully, we all are. Um, it's in Vienna, Virginia, which is just outside Tyson's Corner, about you know six seven miles from DC. So consider it uh, that I'm playing in the sandbox with the DC restaurants. It's a gastronomic restaurant. Uh, you know, tasting menus and also also a regular cart uh, a cart menu where I get products from local, national, international, uh, around the corner, around the country, around the world, and uh, play around with them. And uh, we do pretty well. I've been in the area, uh, Northern Virginia, for twenty one years. Nice. Um, I've I've been the chef of two rest uh, chef of one restaurant, uh, and been the chef owner of now two, um, concur and ne- never at the same time. Okay. One at a time. Um, which is one reason, another reason I'm here, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. So let's, uh, I feel like cooking every person I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, like I like to grill and people are like, oh man, you grill so well. You should have like a restaurant. Uh, you should, I'm like, no, like I can cook. <laughs> like, I don't think everyone it literally, uh, just because you can bake doesn't mean you should own a bakery. It's the whole thing. Everyone makes it, it seem like it's so easy to, to start a food venture if you're good at cooking. I'm like, I don't know anything about like getting well, materials. I think if it's a nice thing to say that it's a knee jerk reaction to tell a friend, yeah. you know, when they do something well that you should open a business doing it. Yep. Um, it's not, it's not just cooking. It's like other stuff or you should, but, but cooking a lot of times when, oh my God, you make the best cookies. You should open a cookie shop. I think it's, it's actually a compliment. It's like an official compliment that you're good enough that, you know, you could start a business doing it. Uh, I think that's one reason why people say it, but that's, uh, you don't want to do that. (laughs) All right. So what point, cause we're going to get into the whole journey for sure, but from a, chef perspective at what point in your life where you're like i think i can actually i can be a chef for real well after after college i was i was applying to grad school actually med school and uh you know i was waiting to get in and and it wasn't like i was top of the top so it was it was going to be hard okay and uh you know but i do like to work uh, and i wanted to do something uh that i mean we all do you want you want it to be not just a job um but your life and then you work everything else around that and um so i, I was working at a restaurant while while i was waiting for uh responses from from grad schools and uh really fell in love with it uh you know i come from a family who we didn't have restaurants and but we didn't even go out to restaurants yeah um we just 
my parents cooked. Yeah. Um, so I was around that for some reason I did, I like all different types, types of food and, and I do like, uh, connecting with people. Yeah. And those, those are all three characteristics of, of being a restaurateur and a chef. Yeah. Uh, so I really dove into it. I happened to work for, uh, a gentleman with a small restaurant. It was just sort of, uh, he and I, and uh, we made it work. And I, I, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it, uh, spoke to me, okay. I guess you could say. And that's when I got into it. Wait, you said you were waiting to go to med school. Yeah. Um, so then I, I, I ended up treating cooking as if you were going to graduate school. Like if you were a doctor, you couldn't get a job for like 12 years, right? You have to go through school for, you know, X amount of years before you, you know, get the certificates. Right. So I I decided to treat cooking the same way. So I'm not gonna, I'm going to work for people. I'm not going to take a chef job, which means you run, run the kitchen versus a cook job, which means someone runs it over you. Um, I'm not going to do that for like 10 years, right? So I'm mm-hmm. going to train for 10 and then see where I'm at and then go ahead because it's, it's very tempting um, because, you know, the work is hard and you may want to be the boss sooner yeah. than you're ready. Yeah. Um, so I want to, that's why I set that timeline and made sure that I trained long enough to have a good skill set. Okay. So during this, how did, in terms of waiting for schools and you kind of see yourself getting these opportunities and you, you, you find, find yourself going that path of training in terms of the path that you didn't take, how, how, how were you able to make that shift? Was it, was it an easy shift to say, okay, I'm in school for this. I'm kind of falling into this. Well, I didn't, I ended up not getting into any of the schools anyway. So you better find something else. I just, I just overlap those tasks. <laughs> so, so what is that like? What's the, because, um, when I think of cooking as much as I like it, um, I only see the chef. Um, I, I know a little bit about the background, but I, I don't see that, that, that part of where, no, you're working in the restaurant and you're getting to that point of, from a cook perspective. So what's that like at the early stages in terms of being in the background cooking and stuff like that? I mean, it's, it's like anything else, uh, you know, you're starting at the bottom and you, you need to learn everything, right? Um, it, 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 you can be in a law office, an accounting office, uh, you know, selling furniture, cars, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, you want to learn everything yeah. if you're going to be the boss. Um, you know, another reason I'm here is, is, uh, you think, you know, a lot yeah, <laughs> and then you may not know, you don't know as much as you think and that's life. Right. So that's, that's part of the journey. But, uh, you know, like I, I enjoy, enjoy working long hours, you know, especially back at the, you know, when you're 22 years old, you just want to dive into something and I wanted to be the best at something, um, you know, give myself those challenges. So I was just that type of person and cooking for sure is something that you get challenged every single day. Um, you know, you start with nothing. Yeah. Uh, people come in, they, they need their, they need food and you have to cook it. And if you don't do it right, then nobody gets a paycheck. And uh, so it's pretty cut and dried. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. What, 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 yeah. What are those early years like? Are there, I can only imagine, like I failed at different things, but like food scares me because if it's just slightly dry, I'm like, I can't even imagine having to face somebody after doing something like that. You know, it's like, not fun. Uh, you, you, you can't, um, 
you know, like people say like, oh, you, you must be so passionate about it. Well, the passion doesn't get you through the training. What gets you through training and anything you want to be good at, really good at, um, is just drive. Yeah. You know, you can't quit. You gotta, you gotta take the heat. Um, you got people, if you look, you can take a, an easy route, uh, and work for, for, in my case, say a restaurant where the, the standards aren't that high and yeah, you do your time and you, but it's just not me. Like I want to work for the best of the best. I ended up traveling all over the world and working for the, the, the top restaurants that I could get into, even if I wasn't paid, um, uh-huh. just to learn, um, but it, there, there is no, no punches pulled. I mean, if you do something wrong and you do stuff wrong, uh, you hear about it uh, in no uncertain terms. But I, I like that. Um, look, if if you find something hard that most people won't do, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Because actually there's less competition. It's a funny thing, right? Yeah. Right. Try to climb the highest mountain. Right. There's not that many people that actually will push through and do it. And 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 in cooking, it's it's not that you have to be there. You know, every generation in any business, there are a few geniuses. Right. right? You know, um, that, that actually dream up something. They, they start new things. But but, you know, the, re- the the other successful people, the other 99 percent of successful people in any business are just extremely hard workers. No. Right. Um you just press on and press on and keep building your skill set. And that's something I can do every time, you know, in, in my 10 years of the training part, uh, and that's not in school, that's just working in jobs. Yeah. Right. Uh, that I consider that training if it's someone else's money. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, every time someone would offer me a chef job, right. Yeah. After say three years, four years, because, you know, they just, they're opening something and they, they want something and they, they, they contact you. I would always say no. And I would tell myself, I need another year. I need another year. And I actually took it like year by year. Okay. So every year I said, okay, I'm ready. I'd say, okay, one more year, one more year, one more year. And it got to about 10 years before I took my first job where I was in charge. Because when you're in charge, everyone looks at you and says, what do I do? And if you don't know what to tell them, uh, you're in big trouble. So that's what scares me is when I was, uh, prior to the podcast, I was trying to build an app and you're, you're waiting for the opportunity to, to quote unquote run things. And now that I'm older, I just realized how scary it is to have people looking at you, you know, for something like that. Uh, and I think that was, that's good and interesting how you, you did wait. Cause I feel like more people that I know are talked to are like, screw it. I'll take the opportunity now, or I'll, yeah. I want to be in charge. And then it, if you don't have the experience, it could be well, once awakening. you once you get off the tracks, you you can't get back on, right? Because you know resume is a real thing, right? Yeah. So if you start getting having choppy having a choppy resume, yeah, you know it's very hard to secure that that job, right? And then we all we all uh, fail, yeah, right. But there is a, a a training time that you need to set according to that job you're doing and try to make your own evaluation and try to make your own evaluation on how far you have to go before you're confident of your skills. Wow. So that really does follow you that like, wow. Yeah. And especially in cooking, I mean, you, you really, you, you get called out real fast. I mean, you can't, you can't fake it. Someone says cook, your boss says cook something and you said you could do it and you can't do it. 
That's it. You're out. <laughs> so, so when you were going through this training, it's like uh, sports, yeah, right, yeah, you do it or you don't. That's it. So when you were doing the, uh, you were traveling while you were in the training phase with this. Yeah, I would, I would, I uh, would go to France for a couple of years, I, New York for six years. I did. I was in D.C. for four years, and you just then uh, uh, when I was in New York, I was able to travel with some chefs and go around the world and do some do some little stints and yeah. every single thing you do. Uh, every single day, you're building your skill set. Yeah. Right. What was that like going to France? It seems so cool. Uh, I did not know French. <laughs> I had to, but of course, I was in the kitchen 17 hours a day, so it really didn't matter. Um, and you can you can uh, see and do in a kitchen. And I'd worked for a French chef in D.C., so I knew all the 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 French terms, and I had been trained in French cooking, so it was it was okay. I was yeah. at that time, you know, there were very few. Americans going over to France to work. Um, but if you really wanted to go to the home of cooking, that's where you went. Yeah. And so I was able to do that. I mean, I was in Paris and Monte Carlo and Cannes and the Southwest of France and all these beautiful places that I never saw because I was working all the time, <laughs> <laughs> but I heard they're nice. What is that like? Cause I've, I've only, I've been to visit and I've only seen, you know, uh, the end result, right? And I do that. That's when I'm like, okay, this is different. Like the, the the presentation, the way the food is prepared. What is the what is it that makes French cuisine and cooking so different? Well, I mean, you gotta, you know, you start at six in the morning, and you uh, cook until th- three three in the afternoon. Then you take a break. It's a split shift or a split double. Um, and you stop at three, you come back at six, <laughs> and then you go till twelve one in the morning. And you do it all over again, six days a week. And so the first thing you have to do is, is almost treat yourself like, like you become a machine. There's no socialization. Um, There's, there's just work. And that work is you and your colleagues, right? Who are all, you know, young and French (laughs) and, uh, and there's a boss and, they're watching you every second and you're just working. So uh, everyone has a piece of the puzzle to create yeah. right, with direction. And uh, you put those, all, all those pieces together and it comes out, you know, with as beautiful, beautiful food. And if one person messes it up, it's like football, right? Someone misses a block, the whole, the whole play is done. Uh, so it is a lot of pressure. It, it really is. And, and back when I was training, this was in the nineties. Um, you know, there were no rules. So if someone didn't like what you did, they can tell you, show you, do whatever they want to do to make you understand that if you do it again, you can get on a plane and get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's not for the it, cooking at that level is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. I could see that being something where, I don't even know how you would shake it. Like you'd have to be a certain type of person to know that you made a mistake, own onto it and not have it sit in the back of your head every other time you try to cook something. I feel like that. Oh, it sits there. Yeah. But you better get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You got to move on to the next one, right? Yeah. You you have to, right. And unless they tell you to get out, then you keep going. Yeah. Right. And that's what I always tell, you know, my staff. I never fire anyone. So, you know, I, I train them. Yeah. You know, if I can't train them, it's on me. Yeah. Right. These kids are young. So I tell them your jobs, I'm, unless I tell you to get out of here, yeah. you just come back and do it again. 
Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not going to tell you to get out of here. So just do it again. Get over it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not what I was told. When yeah. I was training, <laughs> but, you know, things have evolved. All right, cool. So now the, 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 one of the big reasons why we're here today is because you were giving me background on what you were doing outside of cooking. Now your per, the profession that you work now, I'll let you go into detail on it. Did that, was that, did that start happening after your training was up or you would, where you got into the bit of moonlighting or yeah, I, I'd love to hear that timeline. Well, it's, it's, oh, it's an interesting. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit different than maybe some of your other guests. Yeah. Um, so I came down to Northern Virginia in 2001 Um it was right after 9-11 okay. uh, to open a restaurant for um, a gentleman that owned a building and was opening a restaurant. So I, I did that. And uh, it, it, it we did very well, even though after 9-11, somehow the, we were able to achieve. Um, and then in 2000, 2008, uh, I thought, you know, with all my training and then I would I did pretty well as a boss, I thought. Um, I guess I thought I was the man at that point. And I said, well, now it's time. It's time for me. You know, we all think our resumes just go straight up, 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 up. Our careers, there's never a, a downtime. And, and, you know, at that, and beside not, and nine 11 was the first time, you know, our bubbles of that generation had been burst. Mm-hmm. Right. And for some reason, the restaurant that I started overcame that situation and we did well. Right. So at 2008, I was still on the upswing and I said, okay, now I'm going to own my own restaurant. And I took a a group of people and we we invested a lot of money into, into Tyson's corner. Okay. um, And built a restaurant that really looked like midtown Manhattan where I had been training. Right. Um, So it's like you have, not only rose colored glasses, plus blinders <laughs> plus, uh, on at the same time, plus your own ego, yeah. uh, which you don't think you have, um, or at least you don't apply it in a, in a way that, uh, could, could be, could jeopardize you, but you don't, you don't know everything that you're, uh, that you're thinking and doing, um, the perspective of it at least. Right. So I built a restaurant, it was a large restaurant, uh, beautiful. And we were, we were, we were doing well. Um, and then the recession came yeah. and then we weren't doing well. Mm-hmm. And in 2010, um, after this big blizzard of 2010, that really put the, put the cap on it. And, um, and then we had to close it in the middle of 2010. Um, so at that point you have lost a restaurant, you have lost, uh, about 70 staff members you have creditors all over you. There's a huge amount of money um, involved in that. And now you, you, you look in the mirror and you're that guy, right? Yeah. You're that guy. And that's hard. Yeah. Right. So among other things I said to myself, um, and there was a there there was a recovery period of that you know because that that there was an in, incredibly hard hit. Um, I said I I want to develop 
a better set of skills. I didn't listen to people that told me that wasn't the right thing to do in 2008, not because they thought a recession was coming, it simply wasn't the right thing to do. Too big, bad location, so many things that that people told me that were that came true. I didn't I I listened, but I didn't hear them. Mm-hmm. Right. So so I had the blinders and earplugs and rose colored glasses and everything. Yeah. And that and I look, we all think we're normal, well, good thinking, well intentioned people. Yeah. But with the best intentions, you can go down a, a pretty bad road. And, yeah. and that's what I did. So I committed in two thousand the, the the end of middle of 2010, middle to develop a better set of skills. Well, I could cook. I could certainly communicate with people on a transactional and social level, right? I thought I knew people. I didn't know people. I just knew how to communicate within that, within the restaurant. Okay. Right. Um, Which not communicating in business. Right. So I said, I I need a holistic set of skills, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I'm missing a lot. Um, and you could have gone to business school, tried, but I, I said, you know what, I, I, I need to work. I yeah. need to work at a job that teaches me those skills or teaches me a different set of skills. And I can apply those skills back to the restaurant business when at some point in the future, when I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I got into, uh, being a marketing strategist, um, through a connection to Booz Allen Hamilton. Um, which is, this is totally non-culinary job, Yeah, right? I used the connection, got in. And of course, once that, once you're in, you gotta, you gotta thrive yourself yep. or, or you're out. Um, and I got on a marketing team, uh, even though I didn't have a marketing background, but, um, you know, certainly I'm a, I'm a fast learner and a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they took me on just to test it out. And I ended up, I ended up, uh, thriving there. Uh, so that was 2010 through 2015, okay. right? In 2015, I felt I had a better set of skills. I had added a business acumen that I thought I had that I didn't. But by 2015, I, I was pretty confident I had, a, I, had a better, I had a better set of skills. So then I opened Clarity. Okay. That's why I named it Clarity. Uh-huh. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So in 2015, Clarity opened, did well, you know, was busy right from the beginning. But I asked my my boss at Booz Allen, I said, look, I'm not quite ready to leave. Can I stay on at Booz and work virtually, even though I'm the chef owner of Clarity? And my boss, who's very, very nice, but also probably thought I was just crazy. Like, okay, let's see if this guy can do this. <laughs> Said, okay, you know, if you get the work done, you know, do what yeah. you got to do. Yeah. And so I did. But like I said, you know, a 16 hour day, not a big deal for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I did that for three years. Mm. So that is my version of moonlighting. My, my moonlighting was not out of the passion but it was the moonlighting enabled me to get back into the business I love doing yeah. at a much, much more educated and confident level. So in 2018, I finally resigned from Booz Allen. And then I was 
just the chef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, clarity, yeah. Right? And then lo and behold, here comes 2020 and the pandemic. So in the recession, so I started the first time I came, first I came back, came down to Northern Virginia right after 2001, uh, right after 9-11. Then I opened my Tyson's Corner restaurant right, right in a recession. Mm-hmm. And now my third endeavor, five years into it, you have a pandemic. So in the recession, I lost everything. But when we were shut down for indoor dining on March 14th of 2020, I have 80 staff. I brought them together. And instead of saying, you're losing your jobs, I said, I got this. I'm going to get it through it. Get us through it. And I proceeded to do that. I made a project plan, you know, from my experience in Booz Allen. Uh, I laid out the year. Um, I listened to people. Um, I actually heard them. Um, I, I thought of out of the box ideas um, because that's what I had to do at Booz Allen yeah. in marketing. Um, we didn't have a budget for those ideas, but you had to connect with your clientele. And I got really good at connecting the dots um, to create business. And we were able to create enough business in 2020 during the height of the pandemic, uh, to keep all 80 of my staff fully paid, fully employed the entire time. And we're still doing it. And we didn't close for a day. Wow. So that (laughs) is, uh, that's, that's how my moonlighting doing two jobs at the same time actually enabled me to have success in the third world reset that I've had to deal with in my cooking career. With the experience that you've had uh, when you were training and uh, working the shifts that you'd already worked in the past, when you transitioned to booze in terms of just the work itself, the drain, the stress, is it, is it the same? Is it because it's not cooking? This is a different type of stress. I'm using maybe different type of mental muscles or things of that nature. Was it completely foreign to you or was was it work? Hey, if when I write a book, it's going to be called, we all serve somebody because that's exactly what we do. We all have clients and we all serve them and they need a product and they need it now. So to me, actually working at Busan was exactly like Ah. working at a restaurant. Yeah, because relationship relationships are key. You have to listen to your client to hear what they what they want. What do they like? What do they not like? You have to connect with them, and then you have to come up with the goods, right? And it has to be a lot faster than one might think. Um, so I actually thrived in it. it it's funny because I, I think I probably have the the most unique chef resume on the planet, to be honest, (laughs) if you put it all together, um, all the experiences. um, But it really shows how you can, you apply a set of skills in one business to another and then bring it back to the original one and back and forth and back and forth. And you find that the, the, the attributes are all the same that you, that you need to be successful in any business. Yeah. 
any bit. It doesn't matter what it is. I just experienced two, but you could experience a hundred. You the 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 people in charge would be looking for the same exact characteristics from any employee. Now, minus maybe you have to know, you know, this specific skill or that specific skill. Um, I was in a situation where I could learn those skills, right? Um, but beyond a, a, a certain certificate that you need, right, or be able to code or this and that, which would take a longer time to learn, all the general attributes are exactly the same. Yeah. When So when you, uh, at the first restaurant, did you know that you were going to do, uh, when you went to acquire the new set of skills, were you always thinking, I know I'll be back to create another restaurant? Did at any point you say, maybe, you know, I, it's not this for me? Um, that crosses your mind, yeah. right? Um, you know, you, you, you see yourself doing well at something and then you say, well, you know, maybe this is, yeah. I mean, not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't too bad. Um, and I certainly could have. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's a great question. Um, you know, and it, it didn't, it wasn't my destiny to not do it again, but I'll tell you that's because I'm a, I think it's because I'm a very competitive person and I couldn't go out like that. Yeah. I had to come back and make it and make it happen. I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, and that was sort of against the advice of some people close to me. But I said, I, I think I just said to myself, like, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going out on a loss like that. Yeah. I, I've got to come back. If I don't utilize this and come back and be successful in my original business, I feel like I've, I've, I've really not done what, uh, I don't know what, what, what my original intent was. Yeah. Um, and so I did, I mean, uh, now, zero and two would have been bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you better you better make it happen if you're going to do it. But you know, if you're if you're uh, if you're competitive, you you got to you got to walk the plank. Yeah. Right? But you but I walked the plank with a with a, a a much 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 better set of skills. Like I really, um, obviously you don't know 100. percent You didn't know there was going to be a pandemic, which which really defined me. Yeah, you know, and defined my skills and shown what I showed enabled me to really show what I could do in a diversified fashion. Um, if the pandemic didn't happen, then I mean, you have a very successful restaurant anyway. Um, but life is, uh, uh, life is crazy. You know, the, the pandemic, uh, has been so horrible for yeah. everyone. But for me, it, it's been a chance to not only, you know, show, the skills I've developed since 2010 when I had to go into survival mode and I'm still in survival mode, which is a very good mode to be in, in business. Yeah. Right. But I was also able to help people I, uh, in, in the sense of I, I, I kept jobs when others were losing them. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, a giving a give back. I, I, I had programs to help other chefs who were shut down um, you know, when I wasn't, uh, so you get, you, you give back as much as you can. So that's been what the pandemic has, has been for me, um, which has not been, it's been a hundred percent negative for everyone in the world. 
but I've been, I've been able to use it and create a more positive light. Um, you know, for people, I mean, the community that supported us, that, 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 that came like yourself, you know, that came to eat and drink, you know, during, during these, uh, these last 18 months, uh, you know, we, we provided a positive and mentally, emotionally safe environment for people to look forward to. Yeah. They really did. Like it was probably one of the only positive things happening in Northern Virginia at the time. Yeah. Um, which again, you're saying you're, you're trying to do something positive in within a horrible situation. And, and we did that. So how, how is it looking now? 2021. And, and you actually were telling us about this when we were at the, we were at your restaurant. Now it's 2021. How are restaurants looking? Have, are, is it starting to come back? Are they still, are we going to see more loss? Like I'm curious because I don't, I only know, you know, what's around me. Yeah. I just don't know what the restaurant team looks like. Yeah, I think uh, the first the first uh, um, the first relationship that 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 had to be connected and and was so important with in in, in enabling restaurants to stay around or not was the relationship with the landlord, mm-hmm. right? Uh, depending on what situation that building is in, who owns it, because uh, you're in a physical footprint. Yeah, uh, that can that'll make or break you. Um, you know the PPP. Uh, the payment protection program uh, rounds were helpful, but again, that was only that was only a total of five months of payroll. It had nothing else to do with with uh, any other hard cost, food costs, drink um, uh, or operational costs. So you know, every restaurant was. I mean, to say they were way down in income is an understatement. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think a a lot of a lot of restaurants are, are open back up now. Okay. Um, it's the, the, um, it's the staffing, right? Because they had to let everyone go to remain open yeah. to have enough money to even have a chance to pay some of the bills to the, to these hard costs that then real estate costs, you know, it's that, that was the, the one major issues that everyone lost their job. Yeah. Right. Now they're coming. Now their their restaurants are opening back up, and there's plenty of need for the product because there's there's plenty so many people that want to go out. But I think when when the original staff of all these restaurants around the world saw again how volatile the restaurant industry is, and how it's the first one that as soon as the needle moves or there's a blip in the economy or the world, mm-hmm. whether it be environmental, socially, or economically, restaurants are first to go. And I, I with with all the additional opportunities of virtual work yeah. and learn this in six weeks, learn this skill in eight weeks, do this, do that, and they're getting bombarded with it, I think a lot of people have dropped out of the restaurant industry. So now you have a demand that outweighs the supply I think in a major way. And I think that's going is, is ultimately a, a big problem for restaurants moving forward is supplying that product at the standards that, that the clients expect. Yeah. That's going to be an issue. And it's already a major issue. You have restaurants around the country that are only open three, four days a week because they cannot staff their own restaurants. And I'm talking about places in, in, in areas around the country that, can do business seven days a week and they, and they literally can't open their doors seven days a week. Wow. So that's, uh, 
to say business is coming back as a blanket statement is you have to dive deeper into it. There, there are a lot of issues behind it. I'm fortunate because I was able to retain my entire staff the whole time. Um, but other, so many others aren't, aren't, aren't in that position. Do you see it? Do you, uh, based on what you've seen in the industry before, do you see it flipping back? Do you see, uh, I, I think staffing is going to be an issue, a big issue moving forward. Wow. Right. I mean, when, you know, it's like, I mean, it's the same thing that creates things like recessions, right? You do too much. Right. Yeah. And then you can't supply it and then it goes down, right? Because you, you, you don't, you don't exceed expectations of the people paying the money, right? You need a certain value proposition in a restaurant. You need to charge a certain amount and then you need to, because you have X amount of costs, just like any other business. And you have to, you have to provide the value to that product that, that, you know, that shows in the price. If you can't do that because you don't have enough staff to provide it, then it's not going to be of value to the clients anymore. Then they're not going to come. Then you're going to close anyway. So it's like a, a tough circle, right? So if you open too many restaurants now, because, you know, someone said, well, now, now land is cheap. I can rent for, you know, I can, I can squeeze a landlord. Okay. And then everyone opens these restaurants, even if there's investor money, you know, because people are flush. They're like, oh, I've always wanted to open a restaurant. <laughs> and then they do it and they can't staff it. Yeah. Right? So you got to be, now is the time when there's going to be, you wish you could say, okay, everybody back in the car, let's go. Yeah. You know, let's drive on. Right. But it's not like that. Right. In, in, in this particular industry, and it's not the only industry. I mean, you hear about other, other industries. Um, anytime. There are other opportunities pulling at your, um, your, your, your staff candidates. You could be in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if someone, someone's going to go work for Amazon versus being in a restaurant working in a restaurant, then now you can't acquire that person. Right. Right. And that's happening. So I don't think that's going away. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, in terms of clarity, are there any, no, actually I won't even say just in terms of clarity, in terms of your career, everything you've done and trajectory, is there any other, any other things, milestones or initiatives that you look at? Like, I, th- I want to try this on. It could be uh, cooking, uh, business related. Uh, is there anything in that, in the, in the field of uh, cuisine that you, is something that you still want to look more into or take a stab at? It's, it's funny you ask that question because we didn't prep that, you know, yeah. we didn't discuss it, but uh, yes, there is. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, I, I think food and relationships and living life to the, the fullest, uh, sort of that YOLO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if after a pandemic you don't feel it, yeah. then you don't have a heart. Yeah, yeah. So what does that mean for opportunities for me? I think, I think food and travel, um, I think getting people together and going around the world, um, and, and me cooking around the world with those people, um, sort of like, you know, trips, retreats, things like that. I think that is, 
that is something I, I want to explore. Wow. Um, I'm already exploring it. Uh, my wife and I do retreats around the world already. Um, we've done it once a year for the last four years. So we've gone, we've taken people to, um, to Vietnam, to Croatia, to Greece, uh, down to, down to Charleston. Uh, we're supposed to do Spain, uh, in 2020 it didn't happen. Um, but that is, I haven't been able to cook in someone else's kitchen in 21 years and just straight learn. Right. So when we go to say Vietnam, and I cook with a chef there. Say I'm doing a dinner for our guests. Yeah. But I have I'm collaborating with a with a chef in Vietnam. Yeah. It's like I'm back in France, learning. And when you're the when you're the boss of, of your own business, where do you get your creativity? No. Besides just it's whatever's in your head at that time. But how do you add things to your head? No. How do you add things to your heart? Well, I think I found a way, and I think that's one of the places the restaurant industry could be more diversified in the future. There's other ways besides the physical footprint restaurant to offer, offer your skill set to yeah. a group of people and also really be, get it in, you know, um, be emotionally, physically, mentally fulfilled with your own journey. Um, because ultimately food, what do we do when we travel? We eat. Yeah. Right. What do we come back and talk about when it's self friends? Oh, the food was amazing. About the world. <laughs> so I think that, you know, and sometimes, you know, we all, uh, it takes, it takes a, um, a world crises or life crises yeah. to say, okay, you know, I'm going to do X, you know? So it, and take a chance. And I, I think, I think that kind of, I think travel is something I want to, um, uh, explore more. Um, I think food can be even more emotional, uh, even more emotionally uplifting, uh, than it's ever been. Um, and coming out of the pandemic, I think we, we all, you know, food is something, it's like a staycation. Right. When you go out to a restaurant or you go, you, you, you know, you eat something good. It's almost like a little staycation, right? It's like get out of your own little world for a bit. Yeah. Right. And I think we all, we all need those breaks. Um, and to experience like just, just pure happiness and food is a part of that. So I think, uh, I think that's something I want to explore in the future. I think it'd be awesome because you're right. It, it is the food when you travel yeah. and to have someone there who could, who can kind of guide that experience will just help the appreciation level of it. Just knowing how things get from the, from the farm to a table, you know, or the meaning behind dishes, the when, way it's it just, it would be, it'd be cool because when we've done the, every trip we've done has been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, restaurants are, are physical footprints. They're in a lockdown mode, right? Yeah. They're just, they are, they are what they are. I mean, if you, you know, hopefully you pick some place where it's accessible yeah. and people can come and they can enjoy it and you do it, you do a good business. Um, but it's funny when you're training in cooking, all you're doing is traveling. Yeah. Right. Because I tell my, I tell the guys that work for me, like, don't work for me too long. You know? Yeah. I know I'm really good to work for him. <laughs> get out of here. You know, <laughs> but I, I tell him like a couple years and then go. And I'll tell you, if you can go to if, if pick a country, if you, for example, say you're 20, 20, 24 years old, right? You work for me and now you're 26. And then you go to Peru 
and you work for a year. Okay, now you have French American cooking, you got Peruvian cooking, right? Then you go to Malaysia for another year. Now you got Malaysian cooking, Peruvian cooking, and French American cooking. And then you go to India, right? Yeah. And then you got India, Peru, Malaysia, and French American. And now you're 32 years old and you have the most unique resume in the world. No one can match it because no one makes the same trips. Yeah. So I tell them, pick like four countries and go work there. Yeah. You know, and if you can't do that, at least pick four regions of the United States yeah. or get up to Canada or down, go down, you yeah. know, some, go to an island, yeah. something where it's completely different because that is, that's building your resume. That's building your cooking resume. Don't work in the same style place yeah. more than once. Right. So I think, so that's what you do when you're training. And then, and then when you become the boss, you're just locked down. Yeah. Right. We don't want to be locked down. That's not food. Yeah. Right. Food is about about traveling. So that's what got me into it. And uh, something something we'll explore even more in the future. So that's it's uh, there should be there should be no limits with any business. Yeah. But John, this was great. This is uh, this is this is so awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I like especially the when I started this podcast, it was it has somewhat of a rebellious spirit. It was about us trying not to work. So we would oh, I got to get out the nine to five. I can't do this anymore. And then it's done nothing but help. Like it's, it, it frustrates me how helpful it has been, you know, to see how meetings are run, how initiatives are hit, how pipelines work, anything. And you're like, I can apply this. Once you figure out what you're going to apply it to, that's what you're supposed to do. And, uh, uh seeing how you've, you know, gone from boost and everything you've been through yeah. with these early restaurants and how you use that to thrive. I think that's what we should all be doing. It's all, it's not always get rich quick. It's, you know, there's, there's sometimes there's bumps. Use them as learning experiences. You, you, uh, oh, there's bumps. All right. (laughs) uh, You know, you gotta, it's, it's like when, when a a young staff member of mine comes in, I'm like, so how you doing today? Oh man, I'm, I'm ready to rock. This is going to be a great day. I'm like, oh, you're in deep trouble. because (laughs) That's not how you come into a day. What you say is, be a lot of crazy stuff that goes on today, right? It's yeah. not going to be plan A. It's going to be plan B, C, D, E, F, G, right? But I'm going to handle it. Yeah. That's the attitude to have, right? And that's that's business maturity, life maturity, because it's, there's, as I mean, I don't know, what's, what's the bumps times a million <laughs> mountains, you know? But, but the thing is, that's why I said in the beginning, you can't, you can't quit. If you, if you, if you quit, you cannot use your experiences, right? All right. Yeah, you can bring Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Athletes are easy to, to 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 talk about because you can see their paths. Yeah. Right. And they all failed yeah. before they're champions. And then when the champions, no one no one talks about the failures, exactly. right? Exactly. But they have them in their head yeah. and their heart, and that's how they succeeded, ultimately succeeded. So we all have to do that same thing. Nice. Well, thank you so much for that. Thank you for the words of wisdom. Everyone go to Clarity. It was awesome. It was so good. That's the picture. It was so good. Thanks, Joel. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah. And I still have to join that, that, that whiskey list. I need to, I need to get on that. That was, uh, yeah. Oh, that's a (laughs) non-negotiable. But definitely everyone who's listening, when you get a chance, uh, Virginia area, uh, Vienna, right? Yeah. Vienna, Virginia. Clarity was an awesome restaurant. John, it's just super cool. Um, for those of you listening, Moonlighters Club, tell your friends. We're everywhere. Um, pretty much all 
majority, if not all podcast networks. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you're able to take something useful today. Don't mind the bumps. Just this, just say you're going to handle it. I like that. Just say <laughs> you're going to handle it. Uh, again, from John, Joel, everyone, thank you for your time and have a good day.